0: time for the Vintage Truth podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth podcast. It's Monday and we are wrapping up a really interesting series here at the vintage truth podcast a, a series on the mysteries of god and we have explored so many incredible mysteries here together i'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of these that you maybe have missed maybe some of these kind of tweak your curiosity something you'd like to know more about and of course all these mysteries that i'm talking about i cover in my book uncovering the mysteries of god and you can get a copy of the book if you'd like on jeffkinley.com just go to the bookstore tab and scroll down to your favorite book and click on that and I'll be glad to sign it to you and get that right out to you. You know, when I was a kid, uh back long ago when the crust of the earth was cooling and dinosaurs roamed the world, our family gathered around the television set one night and we watched these fuzzy images of this guy named Neil Armstrong taking his historic first steps on the moon. Maybe you're old enough to remember that, maybe you that's just something you've seen in black and white movies, but It still amazes me that we travel 240,000 miles to the moon and back. And, you know, that that just blows my mind. now I'm sure that the geeks at NASA can explain all this using terms like thrust and trajectory and apogee and orbit and aerial braking and gravitational slingshot and, and stuff like that. All that's really a whole lot of math for me. But I did once entertain the thought of becoming an astronaut when I grew up. And Then I saw the movie Aliens, and all that changed. Anyway, outer space is still a huge mystery to me, and uh, even people who study it, you know, full time, they admit there's more that they don't know than what they do know. So there aren't mysteries here on the Earth, but there's also mysteries in our Bible. I mean, mysteries on the Earth, like you know Stonehenge and and things like why are there cockroaches? I mean, things like that. There are things that we may never understand here on the planet. There's more. Mystery under the ocean, that uh, that is left unexplored right now. That we have we may never know this stuff. Creatures that we don't even know exist. So there there's tons of mysteries there, out there. So, but there's mysteries in the Bible as well. And there may be mysteries we'll never know the answer to. At least this side of eternity, there are things that the Bible talks about that are mysteries, of course. But there are also mysteries that we ask ourselves. That the questions like whatever happened to the Garden of Eden. I mean, will they ever find the Ark of the Covenant or Noah's Ark? I just recently had a conversation with a fellow Dallas Seminary graduate who has climbed Mount Ararat some six times looking for the Ark. He's a modern-day Indiana Jones. He explores all these archaeological digs in Israel, and they've been looking for the Ark, and as of yet, they haven't found it, though they've talked to people who claim that they've seen it before the ice covers it and blah, 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 you know. So, But will we ever find the Noah's Ark? That's a very good question. What kind of power does Satan really have over Christians? And how, how does he really work? What are all his methods? That's a mystery. Can demons possess Christians or do they, can they merely just oppress Christians? Can demons take human form today like they perhaps did in Genesis chapter 6, do angels still visit people here today? Why doesn't God do the same kinds of miracles today that he did back in Bible times? I mean, what's going on? Why, why don't we see some more seas parting and fire coming down from heaven and all that good stuff? Why doesn't God just expose all these celebrity preacher counterfeits for what they really are? Why does he bring judgment on them now? Why doesn't that, That's a mystery to me, right? Why did God command Israel to kill innocent women and children in Deuteronomy 2, Deuteronomy 3? How do we reconcile this kind of behavior when attempting to speak up for the unborn? What about the church? If the church is really God's hands and feet, then why isn't she doing more to love her neighbor, stand up for people, and care for people? There are other mysteries that the Bible talks about. There's the mystery of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13. There's the mystery of the blindness of Israel. In Romans 11, the mystery of the departure of the church, the rapture in 1st Thess 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. There's the mystery of the church itself as the body of Christ where Jews and Gentiles become one in Ephesians chapter 3. There's the mystery of the bride of Christ in Ephesians 5. The mystery of the indwelling of Christ as the hope of glory in Colossians 1, 26 and 27. There's the mystery of lawlessness in 1 Thess 2.7, the mystery of godlessness in 1 Timothy 3.16, the mystery of the church in Revelation 1, the mystery of God and why God still allows Satan to have power. There are so many mysteries, the mystery of Babylon in Revelation 17. There are so many mysteries that are in the Bible. We obviously can't cover them all, but they're all mysterious. Now, in the Bible, a mystery is not an unsolvable thing. A mystery is just something that is previously not been revealed yet so God does reveal his mysteries in time though we may not understand all of them fully until we get to heaven I'm reminded of what Daniel 2:47 says I think it was Nebuchadnezzar who said <clears throat> excuse me surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries so let me ask you in this last episode here We're talking about the mysteries of God. Let me just ask you, have you ever thought about how amazing and infinite God must be to be this kind of mysterious God? I mean, that feeling that you get when you look up in the sky at night and you see the blackness that's just punctuated by these tiny dots of twinkling light. And you stare up at the sky, and, you, and it just—it obviously just goes on forever and ever, and you just can't wrap your head around it. And so you just stop thinking about it, right? Have you ever done that with God? Have you ever thought, "My God is so—in fact, He's bigger than the universe. He's—he spoke the universe into existence, according to the Bible." And so, when you think about your God, do you ever get overwhelmed? with that same sense of, wow, that that same awe that you get when you stare into the night sky. I mean, to think that we finite creatures, limited by time, space, very, very inadequate intelligence, and a sin-scarred soul, to think that we, could somehow lasso the Almighty and neatly package Him inside a little bitty evangelical marketing box is absolute insanity. I wonder if that's the kind of arrogance people think we have sometimes, that we've got God all figured out. Now, we do know a lot about God, but you know what? Like Job, we don't have it all figured out. I love it when God says to Job, Job. Man, remind me again where you were when I laid the foundation of the earth. I seem to be forgetting that, you know. And at some point, Job just literally puts his hand over his mouth and says, I'm going to shut up for a while because I'm a dummy. I don't know near as much as I think I do. And that's how we are with God. We don't have an answer for every why in the world. But you know what? as we talked about with this last mystery of predestination, it's not just saying I don't have an answer for all the whys in the world. I don't even have an answer for the why me. I don't have a full answer for that. I just go, it's you. You're the answer, obviously, but I don't get it. I still don't get it. So we don't have an answer for all the questions of our faith. And we recognize that there are unsolved mysteries in the Bible. But you know what? You got to be okay with that. You have to realize that there's tension in our faith. I don't have to defend God for everything he does. God's big enough to defend his own self. I don't have to defend the Bible for everything that it says. Now, I can attempt to, but you know what? The Bible speaks for itself, and men will be judged based on whether or not they believe what God says in his word. So we have to realize that God himself Is part of the mystery and that he reveals to us who he is over time that progressive revelation that began at creation where we begin to see as Romans 1 and Genesis 1 tells us part of who he is that he's divine that he's creator that he's creative that he is possesses supernatural attributes that we don't have the natural response to that is simply to go, wow, I, I don't measure up. And so I want to know this God because I'm initially kind of fearful of him because my own heart tells me that I'm sinful and I need redemption. So there's, a, there's an immense darkness out there sometimes, but that's okay. It's designed to be that way. You know, there's a time I think for us as believers, not just with our unbelieving friends, but even among ourselves. There's a time to say, I don't know. I don't know. And there's no shame in that. Now, the problem is, is that we live in a day and an age where you can't say that you know something because the spirit of the age says, You can't be sure about anything, especially about absolute truth or about who God is and that type of thing. The only thing you can be absolutely sure about is the fact that you can't be absolutely sure about anything. You know, the only absolute truth is the fact there's no absolute truth. That's what the world says. But there's so many things in the Bible that we do know. In fact, I love the Apostle John because one of his favorite words was the word know. He says, I write these things that you may know. And so there is a great deal of confidence because there's a massive body of truth in the things that we do know. We can't focus on all the things that we don't completely understand when we're ignoring all the things that God has clearly told us to do. So we don't need to be obsessing about all this other stuff. God says, focus in on the stuff I have revealed to you and that'll keep you plenty busy. And the stuff that you don't understand, just put that in the category of, I'm going to worship you anyway. I mean, put that under the file heading of, you're so great and so mighty and so incredible, I don't get all that you are. And that's a really good thing, because that proves that he's God and we're not. So, yeah, there there are a lot of mysteries. And there are things about our faith that, that literally overwhelm us. In fact, this was so cool. I was doing a study uh, for a message that I was giving, here recently, And I was studying a passage in the Gospels that I had read, oh, I don't know how many times, you know, hundreds of times maybe. And I've studied it, I've parsed it, I've outlined it, all this stuff. And I came across a phrase that, to my knowledge, I've never seen before. <laughs> I know I've read it. I know I've seen it. But it's like it literally just jumped off the page and it hit me. And it was kind of like, wow, this is new to me. This is stuff I didn't really know before, and it, it's like that's why the Bible's like a gold mine, is because you just keep digging and you just keep striking gold. You know, you never come up with a with fool's gold. You never come up with a dry well. You always hit something in the Bible, and I discovered this this new thought, this new angle, and obviously not new to the world, but new to me. I'm just kind of slow on the train, but discovering this just made me be even more in awe of god and of his word and the reason why most christians don't walk around with a sense of awe and a sense of wonder and a sense of amazement and worship of their god is because they're not taking the time to get to know him i guarantee you that the more you get into this revealed truth of his called the bible his vintage truth the more you'll find yourself worshiping the more you'll find yourself in a state of mind where you really want to know him more and you want the world to know him more I mean it just changes your life is what it does and so that's why it's important for us to dive into all these kinds of mysteries I remember when I first became a Christian I was unchurched and I didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge I mean I mean i wasn't so dumb to think that you know joan of ark was noah's wife you know and sodom and gomorrah were husband and wife or something stupid like that like some people today i mean i knew a couple of things i knew about david and goliath i knew about the flood um but not much more than that I knew about jesus a little bit but i started reading and, and the the guy who led me to christ gave me some really good christian books and in and, and addition to the bible so i was reading through the bible and i'm reading all these christian books and i'm 16 years old in the first year that I was a Christian, I read about 50 books, 50 Christian books, and that was significant for me because I would basically never read anything deeper than a comic book prior to that point, but I was so hungry. I, I wanted to fill my mind so that my heart would be filled with the life of the Savior that had just redeemed me, and the only way to do that was through the Bible, so I just dove in and everything was a mystery to me, but it, but it became clear. It, it, all these truths began to open up into my mind because the Holy Spirit was teaching me. I was involved in some really cool Bible studies and I was learning from my brothers and sisters in Christ and my pastor. And it's just a, a time of just huge growth. And I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to put yourself in a position of growth. And growth involves seeking, growth involves knowledge, growth involves being around people that are going to push you and stimulate you and encourage you and motivate you and be an inspiration to you. You know, it's just like when you play a sport or an instrument or whatever, you're always with people that are a little bit better than you are. It just ups your game, man. That's what it does. You need to be around some people that are going to up your game. And that's one of the ways that I track my Christian life is that God for many, many years put me around people that were ahead of me in their spiritual journey so that they could show me the way and point the way and show me the, the pitfalls and the landmines and the obstacles and the, the traps, but also show me the right way. I mean, show me the the paths that I should walk in by modeling that with their life. And I had many of those people throughout the years, but that's part of that growth is surrounding yourself with some good people and good teaching. And if you haven't found a church where you feel like the pastor is really teaching you the Bible, then, you know, you might need to look for somewhere like that. I mean, you can obviously supplement your, your teaching at church with things like this the podcast and other Bible teachers. That's awesome. But it'd be great to have sort of a, a regular family of faith that you're a part of. And, you know, I get, I get emails from people who tell me, Jeff, there's nothing in my hometown. We've looked, and people just don't, they want, don't want to talk about the good stuff. You know, they just want to make me feel good on a Sunday morning and have a happy, positive, spiritual Jesus pep rally. I want more than a pep rally. I want to eat some meat. I want people to challenge me. Because life is short, and I, I need to make sure I'm bringing my A game to this world and to my family and to my marriage and to my school and to my work. And I've got to be the best that I can be. and I can't afford to just mess around or play around or be in, go to the amateur hour on Sunday morning. I want a guy who knows what he's talking about, you know And that's I know you want that, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. But here's the deal. Don't be afraid of those mysteries. Don't be afraid of what's in the Bible. A lot of people don't read their Bible because they're afraid they won't understand it. Don't worry about the stuff you don't understand. Take in the stuff that you do. And as I said, we're going to talk about how to study the Bible here in the not too distant future. But all that to say is that the Bible is full of these incredible mysteries, and I want you to continue to dive into these things. Hey, I want to read a couple of verses to you as we close out this mystery month on the Vintage Truth podcast. This is from Job 11 verses seven through nine. I believe it's one of Job's friends who are trying to console him. But listen to the truth that comes out of his mouth. He says, can you fathom, Job? Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths of the grave. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Thank you, God, for being amazing so that you completely blow our minds with your truth and impact our hearts and change our lives so that we can help others. Hey, hope you have a great week. I have more to talk about in the next Vintage Truth Podcast.